Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. In 1 Samuel chapter 8, a verse of emphasis is found in verse 7. And it reads as follows. And the Lord said to Samuel, mm. Heed the voice of the people mm. in all that they say to you. Mm. For they have not rejected you, mm. but they have rejected me. Yeah, yeah. That I should not reign over them. Mm. Saints of God, today I want to talk to you from the thought, when God is rejected by his people. When God is rejected by his people. Amen. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's holy word. Amen. Uh, in continuing with the same uh, theme as last week, I want to remind you that these particular sermons and lessons are not focused on those outside of the family of God, but are focused on those on the inside. Because we must be reminded on a continual basis that judgment starts first at the household of faith. Well. When the Lord comes back, he's not looking for those in the world to be faithful, mm -hmm. but he is looking for those in the church to have been faithful. Amen. Many of the parables, when we see the vineyard, he is talking about the vineyard of his people, not the vineyard of the world. So here, nonetheless, God is having issue with his own people. If there's anybody that gives God a headache, it's his own people. But some will say, well, that was in the days of Israel. But I contend with you today that the church today is still giving God a headache. When we look at this text... I want to point out some uh, selected uh, key points out of this passage, starting in verse 1. In verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his first born was Joel, and the name of his second was Abijah. And they were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. Now, I don't know about you today, but when I read those three verses... 
That is a sad commentary for the people of God. Well. Here are two sons of the last judge and the first prophet of Israel. It's not like they hadn't heard the word. It's not like they hadn't seen the word exemplified in their father. Because if you look at the text, it does not say because Samuel turned away from the Lord that they turned away, but they did not walk in their father's ways. Somebody today may have been wondering why their children have walked away from the Lord. Somebody today would be asking the question, well, what did I do wrong? Somebody might be thinking about their grandchildren, that they've raised themselves, raised them in the admonition of the Lord, but yet they have still turned their sights away from God. And you may be looking at yourself and saying, what? Did I do wrong? But this is the passage to let you know it does not necessarily have to be something you have done wrong. What happens is the true heart of our children and grandchildren get exposed and then we see what direction they desire to go. Regardless of how we may be walking, they still have the free will to turn away from the Lord. I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here today that may be struggling with that. But if you are, then look no further than this text to see that it does not necessarily have to be your fault. But these, these, these young men, amen, they will be accountable for their actions because they know better but they didn't do better. And so then the people show their heart towards God and toward the prophet and the last judge, Samuel. The text says, then all the elders, now that's crazy, all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah. First of all, they are the elders. They are the leaders. They are the ones who are supposed to guide the others in spiritual righteousness. They are to teach the word of God and teach those to obey the word of God. They are the elders. But they get together and they go to find the last judge and the first prophet. Y'all remember that? The last judge and the first prophet, Samuel, at Ramah. And they said unto him, look. You are old. I bet you Samuel said, hmm, well, I'm glad you were able to uh, reveal that to me. I've been having a hard time kind of understanding where I am in the age interval. Yes, I know I'm old. Now, what is that to you? Well, look at the text. And your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. How many of y'all know when somebody is looking for an excuse, any old excuse will matter. Any old excuse will work. It doesn't matter. They were looking for an excuse because all the long they've been looking somewhere and been being places they had no business being. Wow. And these are the leaders. 
So this lets us know that even the leaders, the pastors and the preachers, amen, the auxiliary heads are still susceptible to looking over in the other field where they think the grass is greener. So don't be surprised, amen, when leaders defect. When they go another way, we're living in a land right now that we have preachers and pastors who have defected. They have gone against the word of God and they've come up with their own doctrine about what is right and wrong in their own sight based on what they call the societal norms. We are dealing with all kinds of issues in our land and more to come because God's people have rejected him. Amen. So we look at the text. And they say, well, you old. There's not much more you can do, Samuel. And you know, your sons that's supposed to take over for you, they're not walking in your ways. So we have a solution to the problem. Not let's go consult the Lord. Let's go into prayer. Let's do any of those things. No, we have a solution. That's where we get off. Amen. Is because sometimes we think we are smart enough to know what the answer is to the ills of God's people without consulting God. Nowhere you see whether people went to God. No, they came because they had already made up their mind that they were desiring something that God did not desire for them. If you look at the text, he said, they said, now, since we have established this, that you old and your children are not right, make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Now, when you defect and reject the Lord, you forget to even put the Lord in your conversation. If you have noticed, take a look at the text. If you have noticed, nowhere in this conversation has the Lord even been brought up. Because when the Lord has been rejected, the Lord has been forgotten as well. See, the folks were tired, amen, of living under the auspices of God, amen. They saw these shiny objects called kings and other nations and their hearts desired to have the same kind of system and kingdom that was going on over there. See, uh, one of the things that had occurred is that they already had a king and his name was God. God was their king. Yahweh was their king, but they didn't want King capital K. They wanted kings lower K. They wanted somebody they could see, somebody they could put their hands on, somebody that uh, uh, titillated their flesh. They didn't want the God that was the unseen God that sits high and looks low. But don't get down. Don't get too much on to Israel because we're looking for a king here today as well. If you look in the commentary of our nation and on the news, you'll find that uh, evangelical Christians, amen, are looking for a king. They're looking for a king, but his name is not Jehovah. They're looking for a king, but his name is not Yahweh. Look in your news. Look for your leadership. See anybody bring up God's name. No, everybody wants to put God aside unless God is conveniently put in a position to also uh, support their decision from somebody in this world. 
And you know what happens when man starts to seek anything else than God, especially his people? They get kings that uh, are corrupt. They get kings that don't walk in the admonition of the Lord. They get a situation, amen, that they are now sullied. They are now uh, in disarray. They are now troubled by issues that are coming up in the land, but they never go back and check on their own record and who they spoke to as it relates to who it was that they said they want and who anointed the one that they have called for. See, they weren't interested in having God because, see, God raises us to a higher standard than man could ever raise us to. See, when they looked at the kings and other nations, they knew that the standard was lower because the king himself was frail because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So then they said, well, if we be under a man, under a man, now our standard is lower instead of the standard of God. So make us a king. So the text goes on to say, but the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. Now Samuel was upset in his heart because he was a man of God. He understand, he understood that they already had a king. They already had all they needed in the Lord. But Samuel could have went another way. But if you notice in the text, what did, how did Samuel respond? So Samuel prayed to the Lord. This is the first time you see the Lord coming up in this subject because everybody else is thinking about everything but God when God's people reject him. But Samuel, he went to the Lord and he prayed. He called upon the Lord and the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you. For they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. See, in your lives, when your family members and your friends and, and, and your loved ones and your associates, amen, they, it appears that they're rejecting you when you're walking with the Lord. They are not really rejecting you. They are rejecting God in you. See, when you're walking with the Lord and you're walking according to his will and according to his way, you are a shining example of the mind of God. So it is not you they're seeing, but it's the mind of God they're seeing exemplified in you. And it is he who they reject, not you. Even though it may pain and hurt, God says, okay, if they want to reject me, go ahead, Samuel. Heed their voice. Do you know what that means? He says to Samuel, do what they say. If they want a king, give it to them. Now, I don't know about you, but this makes uh, chills go down my spine. To know that if I reject the Lord, he just might let me go on rejecting him. He might allow me to get what I'm asking for. Sister Williams, I don't know about you, but I've already realized that I can ask for stuff that ain't right for me. I can ask for stuff that can get me in trouble 
at a level that I can't find my way out. I can get into mud-stained places that even Ajax can't get on. So when God says that, it sends a chill because I know man is not smart enough to know what they really want. We think we are sometimes, but we're really not. And if the Lord will allow us to go on, amen, and reject him, we are in a dangerous place. So he says, he divorced the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me. Because they don't want me to reign over them. They don't want to live according to the standard that I've set. He said, according to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day with which they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. Now, therefore, heed their voice. However, you shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. Wow. You remember earlier I said God's biggest headache is his own people. Right. If you notice in that text, uh, God gives Samuel a history lesson. God's good at that, John. Right. Right. He tells uh, Samuel... This ain't the first time that my folks have rejected me. He said, they have been doing this since I brought them out of Egypt. Before they could get across the Red Sea, they were already mumbling and grumbling. And Moses said, why have you brought us out here to die? Amen. Mumbling and grumbling that we're now, once they got across and into the wilderness, that, the, that they were going to die because Moses had brought them out there and they didn't have anything to eat. Rejecting God who said that I will be your God and you will be my people, that I will be your provider. But they said, no, God is not our provider. So they have been mumbling and grumbling since he has been a deliverer to them out of Egypt. And isn't it funny that God says, even when I delivered them from Egypt, for some reason we have something called spiritual amnesia. It doesn't take us long to forget what God has just done for us before we start complaining for what we believe he's not doing for us right now. And this is not just a problem that plagues Israel, but that is also a problem that plagues the church. God can't move fast enough. Folk are saying today, I don't know why God hadn't removed this president already. Why is he still in there? Is he going to have to kill all of us first? Now, I'm like, wait, hold on. You jump into a whole lot of conclusions here as well, just like these people did. They were mumbling and grumbling with God, talking about he brought them out there to die. God never brought them out to die. Amen. And God may not have put the president we have in place in place for us to die. Amen. But God is a God who knows what's going on at all times, and he's a master teacher. 
Amen. Amen. When we think our time has is up, we think is it a time when everything should be done. It's not always the case. Sometimes we need to see what God is doing in our world that we can learn from it so that we don't continue to make the same mistakes. Amen. Look at the text. He said they have rejected me, they have murmured, they have forsaken me, they have served other gods, and so now, Samuel, they're doing it to you. Uh, parents and leaders, amen, when those who you have responsibility for leading forsake you, amen, talk crazy to you, amen, it's just part of the sin condition. It may not be anything you have done, but sin is still reigning in this world. But the lesson here is not to just start going off, amen, and doing what you naturally desire to do, but it's to do as Samuel did and seek the Lord. Because you just don't know what God may tell you. The last thing I would have thought God would have said if I didn't read it is that he would say, heed their voice. He would say, go ahead, do exactly what they ask. Help them get a king. Go ahead. Don't fuss with them. Uh, don't cuss them out. Help them get the king that they desire. Because I've been seeing this for a long time. This is not the first time they wanted to leave me. Not the first time they have rejected me. But this time, you go ahead. You go ahead and give them a king. And sometimes our job is to let our children go. Well, Sometimes our job is just to let them free. And let them go. I know it gets really hard when we see our children, grandchildren going astray. We see them going to a place we know is not good for them. We see the cliff in the front of them and that they're getting ready to go over in the rocks. But it just might be that the Lord wants us to let them go. But most of the time we get caught up in our feelings and we start responding in the best way we know how, not even consulting the Lord, not trying to see what it is Lord's face as it relates to them. But sometimes it might be loose them and let them go. Because, see, God can deal with our children. He can deal with his flock. He can deal with folk much better than we ever will be able to. He can handle them, and he's a patient God. He's got a lot of time, amen? He can deal with them the way he needs to deal with them to bring them to where he wants them to be. And he's going to deal with Israel as well. He's going to give them a king, and the king is going to mistreat them because they asked for something they didn't realize what they were going to get. See, the grass always looked greener on the other side and we've got to be careful not to get caught up in what's going on in the world and what looks good and like well if we do what such and such over here is doing then we'll be able to do this and we'll be able to do that but is that what God has called us to do is that what God has commanded us to do we have to seek the Lord first before we go endeavoring to jump over in some other place. Amen. Because we might find out that we have rejected the Lord. Be careful, saints of God, because we are susceptible to rejecting God just like the world. 
If you're not careful and you allow your flesh to, to, to rise up, amen, you can end up rejecting God. So this text is to let us know in all things that when folk reject you, when you're walking with the Lord, they're not rejecting you, but they're rejecting God. So don't get in your feelings, amen, but go to the Lord in prayer. Amen? Amen. At this time, the doors of the church are open. Amen. There may be someone here who wants to give their life to the Lord. Amen. Someone here today that may want to join the New Zion Missionary Baptist Church. The doors are open, and they're open wide. Amen. Amen. There is room at the cross for you. There. 